BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Well, she's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about now. She's taking care of her voice, so you know that she's not going to shout now. No fun, the Jen Kirkman podcast episode 385. How is everybody? Great. Great to hear you all answer me at once. I am Jen Kirkman. I am a comedian. What is this podcast? This is me talking to you for an hour a week off the top of my head, unplanned. Well, let's say unrehearsed. I mean, I have some idea what I'm going to talk about, about what's going on in my life, in the world, in my head, whatever I feel like talking about. Hopefully it is relatable. I'm a comedian. I have two specials on Netflix. I'm going to die alone and I feel fine and just keep living. This is not a comedy special or a comedy album. Again, it's a conversation, a one-sided conversation. You and me are talking and you say nothing. It's a great podcast to listen to while you walk your various animals. Walk yourself. You're an animal. Drive to work, home from work. Drive anywhere. Fall asleep at night. Shh, good night. I'll keep talking while you go to sleep and you can rewind in the morning and listen in the shower. Get yourself a waterproof speaker. Do the dishes, whatever you're doing. I'm here with you chatting to keep you company. I've been doing this podcast for, oh God, almost eight years now. And if you want to access the archives of what used to be called the I Seem Fun podcast, Go to jenkirkman.com and click podcast and you will find all the various ways to subscribe and listen to this show, which you probably don't need to because you're like, I'm already listening to it, you dumbass. I know, I'm just saying, maybe you want a new thing to listen to it on. But you can also click a link there that takes you to the archives 
And you can listen and be like, oh my God, 2013, it was different then. We didn't know that the world would almost end from a pandemic seven years later. (sighs) There is a Patreon version of this here podcast. And if you had belonged to it or did belong to it or do belong to it is the correct grammar, you would have already gotten 20 minutes. Like the people on Patreon right now, they're on minute 24 of this podcast. You're on minute two. I've been talking to them straight to camera. And then I hit record and we let you guys in audio only. So if you get the Patreon version, you get a little extra podcast. You get to see me. I'm winking at you right now. And uh, I'm in my home office podcasting studio with a gorgeous orange fluorescent sign that says no fun. Why would you not get the video version? So there you go. And that, oh, by the way, I should emphasize patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. It starts at just $5 a month and you get a lot of bonus content with that. Extra episodes, you get some stand-up, like the old stand-up that I have from the road that I throw on there. The levels go up from there, $10 a month, 15. And you, I mean, again, it's like hours of bonus material for everybody every month. And I got to tell you, I think it's a delight and it's actually my job. I'm not just saying that. It is how I make a living. I do not get paid when you watch my Netflix specials over and over, although I thank you for doing that. I'm glad you enjoy it. But Patreon is actually how I make a living. And without it, I'd be fucked. So... (laughs) help me pay my bills as we go into 2021 because I am not touring in 2021. This is my tour. So there we go. That's all the beginning stuff that you've probably fast forwarded. But you know what? If you did fast forward, what's wrong with you? You don't know. I could have said something there that really entertained you and now you missed it. I mean, you can go back if you want, but I think you should, I think you should sit here and think about what you've done wrong. I don't know what I'm saying. Let's just shut up, Jen. Just start talking. All right, great. So, big news. Big news. Do you want me to rattle more paper in front of the microphone? Would that be a good thing to listen to? I have traveled for the first time in 13 months, and I saw my family for the first time in 16 months. Do I sound like someone who has a kid? Um, Henry is, um, he is 81 days year old. Why don't you just say the years? He is um, 42 months and six hours. You mean three? Um, we still talk in days and months. So I got on a plane. I went back to see my family. I am double vaxxed. As far as I know, I mean, I see everybody on Twitter going, I got vaccinated and they're posting these pictures of stickers. I didn't get a sticker when I got vaccinated. And now I just go, I mean, I got one of those cards. It looks pretty official. But how do I know? Because I didn't go to a CVS or a Walgreens or a stadium. I went to this thing. It was a literally a truck. I mean, not like a taco truck, but 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 not not. But it was maybe uh, somewhere in between a trailer and a bus, you know? Like it looked almost like a campaign bus that a, a candidate would have, but it also had, it was also a trailer, really. And uh, it drove around this little mobile thing. 
and I got a vac- vaccine in a parking lot. You know, they had tents set up. It was nicely done, nicely done. I and mean, add some twinkling lights. It could have been an outdoor wedding reception. But, you know, I I mean, it looked official. And people had, uh, you know, those plexi shield shields on their face and various PPE, which, you know, anyone can buy, you know, people in Crocs and linens. And uh, there was some cops there guarding something and vaccines happening and paperwork being filled out. I mean, it seemed official, but I don't fucking know. I mean, I didn't ask to see anyone else's credentials. You know, I didn't go, are you sure you're actually a, is this really the vaccine? So maybe I got shot with just some water or something. I don't know. I didn't ask them to prove that I was really getting the Pfizer in my arm. And now I honestly, I, I, I didn't get a sticker. So I have to think, oh, geez, you know, I trust the vaccine itself, of course. But do I trust this pop-up van? I got it out of a van in a parking lot. I mean, really, when you think about it, did I really get the vaccine? I hope I did because I just was on a plane and seeing my family. And so uh, if I didn't actually get the vaccine, if someone did just take a syringe filled with water and go, this fucking idiot believes that we're actually vaccine distributors, then uh, I'm in big trouble and so is my family. But uh, anyways, I, I think I got vaccinated and it's been weeks since my second shot. I booked a trip. It was my mom's 83rd birthday. You know, I mean, listen, it's not like I had to go on her birthday. It's not like we were having a, a big family party. It was just my immediate family. All of us double vaxxed. All five, my sisters and me. We are family. But I thought that would be a nice, uh, you know, why not? Why not go during the birthday? So here's what is strange, though. I wonder if there's going to be a word for what I experienced. But once I actually got back into the world, it felt like five minutes had gone by. It didn't feel like I have been in my house for a year. It did not feel like I hadn't seen my family in 16 months. It did not feel like I hadn't been on a plane in 13 months. So I don't know what exactly is going on. I'll explain to you what I mean. So let's look at the way the pandemic did affect me and you and others. I feel overall, I had a pretty positive year. I didn't lose anyone to Corona. No one in my immediate family got sick or came down with it, I mean, came down with COVID. Um, I really didn't lose work in the sense that uh, I, I was able to make up for it. I started this Patreon. I had some other things. I had a, a big revelation that I wanted to help people with anxiety. And so I have a new podcast coming out about that in August. You know, it was good for me to take this year off. I needed it. Some of the downsides, um, I guess there was loneliness and my depression sort of, I, I hate to say came back because I don't think these things ever come and go, but it affected me enough that um, 
you know, I wanted to get remedicated, which actually I don't even consider that a bad thing, but let's just chalk that up to perhaps that was an effect of the pandemic. I'm, I'm actually not because I have had depression no matter what. So forget, erase that from the court record. But I had an overall kind of good year. I mean, I was fine with it. Like I was fine to just be like, you know what? This year is a wash. I don't care that I'm not dating anyone this year. I don't care that I'm not going anywhere. I don't care that I just don't. Like I just, you know what? I have longed in a weird way for some time fucking off and now I have it. Um, however, you know, it was a stressful year in other ways. There was a lot of other unrest going on in the world. It was still a stressful time in general. So let's take it back to uh, Thanksgiving when I chipped a tooth eating a roll. And it turns out like that tooth was compromised because I'd been clenching my teeth. I did not believe my dentist when he said that's why I was like, no, I don't clench my teeth anymore. I used to do that back when my anxiety was worse. I'm fine. loving this pandemic. I'm binge watching Better Call Saul. I never had this kind of time before. I'm not anxious. I don't feel anxious. I'm doing that thing I hate when people do, when they think anxiety is necessarily something you literally feel like, oh, I'm nervous, you know? Then a month later, I need a root canal because a nerve in my tooth is dead from clenching. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine. I guess I probably have anxiety in my sleep, and that's why I'm not feeling it. Because it's manifesting other places, that sneaky anxiety. Thinks it's helping me. Oh, I'll just be anxious when she sleeps and I'll make her clench. So I put the weighted blanket back on. I started doing specific bedtime things, meditations for clenchers. Got the mouth guard back in. It's better now. So all that being said, I know I'm affected by this year in ways that we probably don't even know about yet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And when I say we, I don't mean like, guys, the world is studying how Jen Kirkman was affected in the pandemic. I mean, we, all of us collectively, there's there's probably some trauma that we all have and, and people are defining it right now. And in a year, it'll be like, you have blah, blah, blah from the pandemic. So I'm wondering if what I just experienced is not some form of uh, kind of like a shutting down denial, like, um, like uh, let me put it this way, or I'm just cold and something's wrong with me, or, or I'm amazingly uh, well-adjusted and, and I mean, I don't know what it is, but that notion of I haven't seen these people in a year, it didn't feel that way when I saw everyone. Like, of course, I wanted to hug everyone because it's fun. It's fun to hug. But I didn't actually feel the loss of them and I didn't feel the gain of them. And I don't mean that badly. I, I'm so happy to see my sisters and parents. Just, just a delight. But it didn't 
honestly, it didn't feel any different than coming to see them. And maybe because I only see them four or five times a year. I think that's a lot. But I guess some people see their family every week or something, you know, or maybe I only see them really three times a year. So maybe that was it. I don't know. But but maybe my brain is doing some kind of thing to protect me so so I don't sit around thinking about how I missed the entire 82nd year of my parents' life. You know, how I missed an entire year of my favorite cat in the world, Mittens' life. Mitties! My sister's cat, Mittens. Shout out to Mittens. Hi, Mitties! Put the podcast up to Mitty right now. I'm sorry, this is in case my sister's listening. Hi, Mitties. It's Auntie Jen. Hi, Mitties. Okay. So, ah, the battery's dying. The battery's dying on the camera. Hang on a second, everybody. Oh, my God. Patreon, Patreons, don't go anywhere. I got you. Okay. Whew. Um, we're charging. We're charging. So, it wasn't anticlimactic. It was just interesting. I went, I'm not feeling like that, like, oh, my God, and, like, crying. <laughs> and I'm like that. I'm a, I'm a crier. I'm sentimental. I'm, I'm totally into that kind of stuff. But I don't know. It just, you know, you don't always feel things when you're supposed to feel them or how it's supposed to be. You know, not everything is a, you know, soldier coming home from war to his dog video. I, I get it. I'm also on a new medication for ADHD. So I wonder if that wasn't part of it too. It just sort of levels me out like in a good way where it just, uh, but I don't think that would affect, I, I don't know. But I felt great. It felt great to see everybody. I was a little worried that I might feel anxious on the plane just simply because I hadn't flown in 13 months. That's the longest I've gone without flying since I used to avoid flying purposely because of my fear of flying. So, um, you know, it had been decades since I'd gone that long without flying. And so I I thought maybe I'd have some kind of, uh, you know, you get you get anxiety when you're not practiced in something, right? Like that's that's something. What are you doing? Sorry, I'm talking to my camera. That's something that, um, I mean, it's it's really simple. If something makes you anxious, like you got to keep practicing doing it until it just becomes like a normal thing that you do. So, um, but I didn't, I, I really didn't. There was turbulence. It was inconvenient. I'm not a fan, but um, other than that, it was fine. And uh you know, I went to the airport. I took a night flight. So there weren't that many people at the airport at all. And I'm TSA pre-check and I was flying the JetBlue. I'm a Mint, uh, Mint, which is like their first class, which so then you get to board, you know, you board the plane early, you get through security. And then also I'm a JetBlue Mosaic member, which, you know, so there's like, there was no way I was waiting in any lines between all those three things and the TSA pre-check. And I just had a carry on and, you know, you there was ne there was never going to be any trouble at the airport, but you know sometimes there's like a million people and it just feels weird. It, it wasn't that there was like it was like half the you know it wasn't like traveling during the holidays. It was just half full. Um, it just everything felt super normal except, but even I was going to say except wearing a mask. But I do wear masks on planes a lot anyway before COVID, just because there's germs and you can get sick. But 
And I'm going to circle back to the first class thing before all of you get on me about that, which I know you're not going to, but I do have a story about it. So I I don't know. I wish I could say like, and then I got in the airport and I wept. I just didn't. But but when I took this new medication for my ADHD last week, I started weeping openly the first night I was on it because I didn't realize I could feel such relief. So maybe I already had my big bang moment, you know? Me and my medication are like the soldier and the nurse uh, kissing in Times Square after World War II is over. You know that famous picture? That's me. I'm, I'm holding my bottle of medication and, and kissing it passionately in the street. Um, the war in my brain is over. But I don't know. So I don't know. Maybe it just felt like I'm grateful. I mean, I don't want to feel like I lost a year of my life because I don't feel like I did, you know. Um, but I wonder, is, is, is that a, all of a sudden the perspective shifted? There have been plenty of times during this year where I felt like it's been so long since dot, dot, dot. And then getting on the plane, I'm like, it seriously feels like I was just on a plane a week ago. Oh, there's my mom. Like, yeah, I see her every day. What's the problem? You know, it just felt normal. So is that some kind of like protective forgetting? I don't know. You know, is my brain not processing the trauma of the year by just being like, it didn't even happen? I don't know. But I wonder if anyone else had that reverse sensation when they went back out into the world and just went, it doesn't even feel that like that long one. My mom has the same sensation I do. But what I can't believe, how the fuck were people traveling during COVID before they were vaccinated? There's nothing fun about it. It is terrifying. I could see, oh my God, I could see how it could be so terrifying because, okay, I'm there. I'm double masked, even though, listen, I, I was all into the double masking the whole time with COVID. I was all into it, especially during the surge in California. Pre-vaccine, I was triple masking if I had to go inside anywhere. But now that I'm vaccinated, I'm a rebel and I'm just like, I'll wear one mask. I'll even just wear a cloth one, even though those aren't as good as the medical ones. I'll do it. I, but this is how much I believe in the vaccines. Now, again, nobody listen to me. I am, I am not trying to be, okay, so Jenny McCarthy went around being like, oh my God, my son got autism from a vaccine. Meanwhile, I started a party doing coke off the back of the toilet and you can sue me for slander or whatever. I'm half exaggerating, half not. But she was um, doing drugs during that whole time that she's like running around like, I'm against vaccines. <laughs> Coke's fine, though. So getting wasted in Vegas is fine, though. So I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be the opposite of Jenny. Is that going to comment going to get? No one listens to the podcast. My podcast never makes headlines. I have some, some something's going to happen. Someone's going to say, I'm just saying. She was a party girl during that time. You go, Jen, you just you said you saw her doing coke off the back of a toilet. I didn't. I saw her coming out of a bathroom doing that coke nose wiping thing. And I've seen her very drunk. And I know from other people that she was on coke. Like, in general. Oh, it's all hearsay. This is what I heard. Even if she wasn't, it doesn't matter. My point is, she's this anti-vax person. Going around with no science, nothing. 
and telling you vaccines will harm you. And then now I am like the pro-vaxxer version of her where I'm about to tell you how well these things work based on nothing but a feeling, nothing but a gut feeling that I have. So I am super into the vaccine technology. Um, the reason that I am is because the mRNA technology is in and of itself a miracle. And they have been working on this since even before COVID. This will assist in fighting HIV AIDS. The mRNA simply produces instructions in your body that make proteins that are ready for the crazy things like a COVID-19. So when the COVID-19 comes into your body, the proteins are there and they're like, oh, I totally know what this is. Bye, bitch. And it kicks it out. Whereas before without the vaccine, it would be like, oh, come in. I'm trying to combat you. Oh, now you're sick. You are not getting COVID shot into you like when you get a flu shot. This is a brand new to you kind of vaccine, but not brand new to science. They have been working on this. They met the moment. That's why the vaccine was ready so soon, because they had been doing this already. It's a fucking timing miracle. I believe, I believe and I've heard epidemiologists talk about this on podcasts. So there's two types of epidemiologists. There's the ones that are like front facing. They talk to the media. They work at the CDC. They're making decisions. They've got to be a little more conservative. Then there's your ac academic epidemiologists who they go on podcasts and they pontificate and they talk and it's all based in science. And they're like, I think it's totally fine to go to a water park and make out with someone if you're vaccinated and they're not. Like they will be a little more loose because they're not instructing the country. They're just having academic conversations. And so I believe. Now, I, if you don't get vaccinated because you're like everyone else is, you're a fucking monster. Everybody has to get vaccinated. That's how we achieve herd immunity. We do not do it through people getting sick. We need 85% of the population to be vaccinated. I refuse on principle to hang out with people who are not vaccinated, even though I believe uh, it would be fine times 10. They're, I just believe in them so much. So here's my pro-vax rant. I literally just don't... All these variants, they're like, no, but there's a new one. It's the super... I don't care. I truly believe the vaccine will fight every new variant. Now, I this, again, based in nothing. You'd be like, no, Jen, that's literally not true. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I'll do whatever you tell me. I'll get 50 boosters. It's not going to affect... It's just a belief I have, and I'm still taking every precaution. So it, it, my belief doesn't inform my behavior. That's where I'm not a psycho or a weirdo. You know, um, like people who are like, I believe in God, and so I'm, I'm against abortion. That's great, but God doesn't run the country and abortion is a medical procedure, so you can you can believe in not having an abortion all you want. So what that means is you don't get one. But your belief has nothing to do with how you vote, because this should not be a more. It's a, a if you think it's a moral issue, that's fine. But we're um, a secular country where we sh we're supposed to be, so it doesn't matter. What, so you know, I'm not making decisions in my life based on. But I'm just saying, I have this feeling that these vaccines are even more powerfully, like 100%, like, just, 
nailing it, then they're allowed to tell us. I guess, you know, just in case or just to make sure everyone, I think if they're like, literally, if you're vaccinated, nothing can get you. It's most people who are like, don't want to get vaccinated are like, it's fine then. I don't mind if I get it. And if I can't really give it to someone who's vaccinated, then I'm not getting it. Like, I think they don't want to say that. And I don't even want to say that. But I just kind of believe that, like, we're even more protected than we think. But whatever. I So I'm still double masking at the airport. Airpoint? I'm at the airpoint. Pick me up at the airpoint. Where are you? I can't come get you because I don't know where the airpoint is. I put it in my GPS. I've been circling for hours. Well, what are you circling if you don't know where the airpoint is? That's a good question. I don't know. Anyway. So I'm I'm in the airport and I'm thinking, holy shit, I guess in the past when I used to wear a mask, I was only wearing one. And, you know, I wasn't usually wearing it every second in the airport. I would have it around my neck and I'd kind of pull it up if I was around, if I was like sitting still and people were coughing around me, I'd pull the mask up. But I I realized, oh yeah, the way in which I used to wear masks, there was a lot of pulling them down when I wore masks pre-COVID for, uh, you know, just to not get the flu when I was touring. But I realized, oh wow, when you really feel like you can't pull your mask down, it does, it gets hot in there. And I was having a little bit of a lady time hot flash as Jackie Cation, my a very funny comedian and friend. She was calling, um, I think she was calling her menopause or lady time something. <coughs> I almost just choked. Sorry, everyone on Patreon got to see that. <coughs> um, I was hiccuping as I was swallowing water. Why God doing that to me? Um, that's a, what I got for you. That, well, I find out right then that that's a side effect of the vaccine. Um, just kidding. So, what was I saying? What was I saying? Oh, I just, I really believe in the vaccine. Anyway, double masked, get on the plane, like faces sweating, having a hot flash. And I, I like pull my mask down a tiny bit and sort of like put my head between my legs and just try to breathe in air that isn't coming from my mask. And then I just put it back up for a second. And I thought, okay, well, I'm vaccinated, so I'm not that afraid that I just breathed in air from the plane. And again, air circulation is great on planes, blah, blah, blah. But how did people who were traveling during the whole damn pandemic before the vaccine, how did they do it? How did they sit there with their masks on, unable to remove them and take a quick breath if they wanted some non-mask breathing because you know someone did that. You know people did. And I'm not talking about the people that don't wear masks, but the people who believe in the science, but they're just like, oh, I think it's fine if I wear a mask. How did they stand it? Like, it's not fun. That's why I just like did it. I mean, I really was not going anywhere during the pandemic because I wanted to be a conscientious citizen. I was also terrified of catching a deadly disease and or giving it to someone. But at the same time, I have to admit Half of my not going and doing things when we were allowed to, you know, when restaurants were open, I, a lot of restaurants opened for political and financial reasons. None of them were opened based on science, I don't think. So, but, you know, as much as I can rant and rave at, at what a great person I am for staying home and protecting our healthcare workers and the elderly, I truly did not have any interest in going to a restaurant with a fucking mask on. Why is that fun? 
It would, I think it's depressing. I think it's, it's like a constant reminder of what we're going through when I could just order in at home and not have to wear a mask, you know? And also, I don't think you should sit outside in a restaurant with like a mask down while you're eating. It doesn't make any sense. So I just never thought it seemed that fun. So people I know who are taking trips and stuff, I was like, why is this fun? You, you literally can't breathe for one second outside of your mask or you'll risk getting COVID. I just didn't get it. I didn't get it. Anyway, but had my mask on during the flight, slept the whole flight, watched a movie on the plane. I'd already really seen almost everything, but Aaron Brockovich hadn't seen that since it came out. Holds up. I really enjoyed I, I like a Julia Roberts movie. I think, first of all, I think that she's a fantastic actress. She's got a real edge to her. Um, I think she's very beautiful to look at. I think she's like a, I, either she's a classic beauty or offbeat, I guess, depending on how you look at it. But there's something about Julia Roberts that you just know she's got a little cunty in her in real life but but I don't mean like mean to people on set but she's I believe it when she plays these uh these characters that are a little snarky you know I like it and she's believe you know what it is she's one of those beautiful women that you also believe you know um has zero dollars and like you know is having a hard time and dressing kind of you know um let's say not I just say trashy. I don't know what the word is, but like, you know, low rent or whatever. You go, yeah, she's got that in her. You know, she's, she's, it's not just like, um, it doesn't seem, she doesn't seem unrelatable, even though she's like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I don't really need to. Do I need to really, am I doing, am I really reviewing Aaron Brockovich on a podcast in 2021? Is it? What is this podcast? So, but it held up. I liked the movie. And uh, fell asleep, slept like one second because the flight, the flight is always faster from the West Coast to the East Coast. The wind is in your favor. So four and a half hour flight, we land at 5.30 in the morning. I mean, you know, I've had like two hours sleep. I get to the rental car place and, uh, you know, I just, it had been so long since I had stupid conversations. How's your day going? What are you in town for? Like that I'm fine with it because it, it that is the only benefit of the pandemic is that when you go to rent a car and they're like, what brings you to town? Like, actually, you know what it is? It was a joy to not be on tour. It was a joy to say to people, I'm visiting my family. And because there's just been a pandemic, they don't ask me the next question, which is, you see, when I used to visit my family, it'd be like, why do you live in California? Oh, they look at my license. Oh, Los Angeles. You know, and then are you an actor? Are you a writer? And then you're like, yes. And they're like, I don't know you. You're a loser. You know, that kind of thing. But because there's just been a pandemic, nobody's really thinking about what you do for a living because now we have that to talk about. So it's like visiting your family. I'm like, yep, haven't seen them in a year and a half. And they're like, oh, that's great, you know. Now, I don't know if the guy, were, I mean, it was six in the morning, the young guy working the place, he's old enough to be my son or I'm old enough to be his mom. I like putting it backwards though. He's old enough to be my son. Like, 
oh, okay, that's a weird thing to say. He's old enough to be your son. That's right. You just put the focus on them. Like you don't, you make it about how he's old, (laughs) which makes no sense. He says, uh, hey, that's a great outfit. I'm I'm not kidding when I tell you what I was wearing. A old black sweatshirt, just no brand name, nothing fun on it, just a black sweatshirt, black sweatpants, sneakers, not even fun ones, just, hey, I'm a suburban mom going for a jog, here are my Asics, and a black puffer vest. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm cute in anything, but it wasn't like that off-duty celebrity look. You know what I mean? You know that look Angelina Jolie has when she's in her casuals and she's going to adopt a kid and she's got her Ray-Bans on and her, you know, like cargo pants and like her white button-down shirt, but it's just like perfectly messy. And you're like, that's a great casual look for like picking up another kid. You know, that's a great look. That's not, I didn't have that like off-duty model cash. I really looked like here comes mom. She just rolled out of bed and she's driving us to class. <laughs> I don't know what class my kids go to because I don't have kids. But if they had a class at 6 a.m., they wouldn't be going. And I said, oh, well, thanks. And he goes, yeah, all black is cool. And I'm just laughing like, well, I mean, it is if you're in like leather or something, but this isn't an example of an all, it doesn't like you know, it's like Johnny Cash saying man in black, but he didn't sing man in black sweatpants with a puffer jacket. You know, it's like, yes, I'm wearing black, which is cool, I suppose. But again, the materials themselves, I, it was just a weird comment. Maybe he felt bad for me. Maybe he really did think it looked cool. I, maybe he needs to get out more. Maybe he's a 16-year-old kid at 6 a.m. working at the Enterprise Car Rental Place in Logan Airport. It was just like, I don't know what to say to this this woman. But uh, I appreciate the compliment. I always like an outfit compliment, even though he's technically wrong. It's not a good outfit. Not one of my best. Sir, you should have seen me back before the pandemic. (laughs) So, but it was great. Nobody asked, what do you do for a living? Why do you live in California? It was just perfect. We just talked about visiting our families. We talked about COVID. That's the thing. I've never minded talking to strangers. It's the small talk and the personal questions. I mean, small talk is fine. What's the weather? What? I don't even mind small talk. It's the small talk that became about asking personal questions. What do you do for a living? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just walked up to the counter. Relax, you know. So I rent my car. I drive to a hotel in my parents' town. Because it's now 6.45 a.m. And I'm not going to make them get up. And uh, you got to, like, okay, what time are you coming in? She's coming in at 6.45. Okay, well, I don't know. I usually get up at 9. Well, you can call us. So I can't call you. You won't hear the phone. And then I don't have a key to their house, which I should have a key to their house. I mean, I live in California, so it's not really going to help anything. But, you know, if I come home for a surprise, I can't even surprise them because they won't be able to hear the doorbell, the door ringing, the phone's ringing. I don't want them to have to put a key under the mat. So I just, I wanted to go to a nice hotel shower, just hot, hot water, take a guilt-free seven-hour shower and just nap in the silence in a room. So I get to the hotel, I check in, I sleep for five hours. It's incredible. There's no feeling 
like getting off a plane, getting into a hotel room and just getting into a scalding hot shower and then going to sleep. Oh my God, in those clean, crisp sheets. Give me that feeling every day, please. It was gorgeous, gorgeous. So then... I go see an old friend because I'm in my hometown. And they don't live there anymore, but they they close enough. And I then I go to my parents' house and uh, it was lovely. It was incredible to hug my parents again and see them. My dad is the former groundskeeper of a golf course. They still live on the course. House came with the job. My dad still works-ish there. And so we walked around. I saw, by the way, if you want to join my Patreon, you can see my family home videos, patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. You know, that that's the kind of special stuff my Patreon subscribers get. They get to see me on the putting green, putting. So this is the, the part that I'm bringing it back to the first class flight. Is this the most boring episode ever? Yes. So, I mean, I really wish I, I saw my family. And, you know, I, I don't know. It's just like little things like... I, you know, th- things used to annoy me about my parents' house. Like, why don't you take all these plates out of the shelf? It is The shelf is buckling. The, it's just going to drop in the night. And and why why don't you get the the what's wrong with the you know, the wood in the in the in the kitchen cabinets is like sticky. Like you need to replace it. And 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 why, you know, Sometimes I would just get upset and be like, this this house is old. And then I was just like, it was totally cute. They had some new rugs in their living room and dining room. And I just went, yeah, it's an old house from the 1800s. And my parents are in their 80s. They're not on, you know, Nate, Nate and Jeremiah's dream lottery home. Like, they don't need a new house. Just because I'm like, things are getting old around here and shelves are buckling. Yeah, shelves are buckling. Now, I don't know if that's a pandemic perspective, but I was just like, I don't know. This isn't stressing me out like it used to. I was just like, oh, that's them in their shelves. You know, I don't know. It just wasn't something. Something changed. I don't know what it was. I mean, that used to be the way I approached it. You know, things would bother me, but I would then just go, ah, well. But this time it like didn't even actually bother me. It was like next level. So anyway, I'm putting with my dad. So the putting green, if you aren't golf people, putting green is uh, outside the golf club and it's like a practice green. I think it's called the practice green, to be honest. It's like boring mini golf. There's no windmills. It's just you putt, you know, I think you might do it while you're waiting for your tea time to tee off. And uh, this woman I think she's a member of the golf club, but, you know, my family's been there 50 years, so they know everybody. She's either a neighbor or someone. I, I don't know. I just hear her say, to, Joanne, hi, to my mom. Uh, what are you guys doing? Are you guys playing golf today or something? And, and my mom goes, no, no, my dad is here from California. Now, my mom's not putting, so she's going over to talk to that woman. My dad and I are putting. And I hear the woman go, oh, the big star is home, something like that. Now, these people don't know my comedy, and, and I know this because they were telling me later that they don't know anything I do. And this is something I haven't missed, is being treated like shit by people who mean well 
And I'm supposed to spend my life understanding where they're coming from, but they never have to spend any time understanding where I'm coming from. And that's, okay, so I'm there. And I walk over to these people, you know, because my dad and I are done putting. We're going to go into the golf club. and He wants to show me something in there and blah, blah. And they go, hi. And I've never met these people. These are not lifelong family friends that I know. It's just like people my parents know. There's some, I think they're members of the golf club. I don't know. Or they're neighbors and they're cutting through the golf course. But they don't know me. They just know like the Kirkmans have a daughter in California. She does stuff on TV or used to. And they go, how are you? And they go, how was the flight? Was what, What's it like to fly? You know, and, and now listen, favorite topic. Talk about that all day. You guys want to get a drink? Let's go. I don't know you. Let's talk about flying. Let's talk about the pandemic. Happy to talk about anything. And I said, oh, you know, it was, I went uh, on a night flight. So I feel like I made the right choice. Airport wasn't as crowded. And as you know, you know, we're not in any kind of major holiday right now. So it's really the perfect time to get on a plane and avoid all the craziness. And then they said, have they opened up the middle seats on JetBlue? And I think they have, but I was in first class and I boarded first, got off first. I don't know. And I actually don't, the flight wasn't full anyway. So I made this, I went, oh, uh, I kind of paused. And then they went, oh, did you not see? And I go, oh, I was in. And they go, first class. I go, uh, and they go, that's right, because you're a fancy Hollywood actress. And I was so angry. Now, this is what I did not say to them, but I will give you guys my rant. And I went, well, no, no. And they're like, no, that don't be shy about it. You earned it. And I'm like, fuck you. You don't. It's literally the opposite. It's literally, literally, L-I-T-E-R-A-L-L-Y, literally, literally the opposite. I fly, I fly first class because I have points and a travel bank and stuff because I'm a road comic. It's the opposite of acting. I'm not on TV. I'm on stage in chuckle huts with drunk people at 11 p.m. getting no respect. And I do it so often that I get frequent flyer miles. It's actually because my life is not glamorous that I fly first class. If you can understand the irony... It's literally the opposite. I fly JetBlue LA to New York, LA to Boston six, eight times a year. Oops. I mean, I'm going to bore everybody right now, but this is the shit that makes me crazy. My American Express card is a traveler's card. Every dollar I charge earns me a point that I then transfer exclusively to JetBlue. I've been doing it for years. So that's how I earn my points. I also have a travel bank. So I have bought tickets before. I had some tickets booked last year that I had to cancel because of COVID and it went into my travel bank. So I had money sitting in my travel bank. I had points and money. Flights were cheaper. I booked mine even before I was vaccinated, hoping against hope. Maybe there'll be a vaccine or I will get it by the time my mom's birthday comes around, I had bought the ticket months ago because first class was so cheap back then, relatively speaking. Like right now, if you wanted to fly first class round trip on JetBlue, it'd be $2,500. But when I got the tickets, like the whole thing totaled like $700. I had the money in my travel bank. I had it in my points as well. 
because again, I am a road comic. The other thing, fancy Hollywood actresses, when you are in the Writers Guild Union and you get flown to a job, they must fly you business or first. That is part of the union. I am in two unions, a good working class girl in her unions. When I worked on Chelsea Lately, we weren't unionized. So what did that mean? Well, we wrote for a TV show that re-ran 15 times a week, and that network made millions of dollars in advertising off of our work that we weren't getting residuals for. So it's like doing your job and getting paid even less for it because they're making more money off of the stuff that you've done. And so we asked the Writers Guild to have our back, and they did, and we sue. I mean, it's basically like a hearing, like a lawsuit, like we all go and sue the E-Network. And the E-Network lawyers have to sit with us and the Writers Guild, and we yell at each other in negotiations. It lasted about a month, and we each had to do it. Like, a few of us would, would switch off every day. Some of us would go after work, and we'd have to go negotiate. And the lawyers were mean and awful, and it was shitty. And that's what you do to get into your fucking union so you can be treated not like a piece of shit. So when I worked on Mrs. Maisel, and I would work for six weeks, then go home, then go back to New York for six weeks, the production company has to fly you first or business. So you get points from that. I would ask, I would please book me on JetBlue. Here's my frequent flyer number. So many points accumulated from those flights. So, so many. So that's the story of why Jen Kirkman, and, and also I have anxiety. So I make it a point when I travel cross country, I do everything I can. It has to be first class because sometimes I have anxiety and really need those lay down beds and need to go to bed as I did during the COVID pandemic. So it's not because I'm a fancy Hollywood actress. It's because I'm a road comic, someone with a really good credit card, someone with anxiety, someone who planned ahead and someone who's in a union. Fuck off. I flew first class. Oh, yeah, I'm fancy Hollywood actress on that 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. flight to Boston on a putting green in sweatpants with my dad. Yep, that's me, fancy Hollywood actress. I I am just so tired of people not knowing that there's like Tom Cruise and as the aforementioned Julia Roberts, those are famous Hollywood actors. Everyone else in show business is just pretty average and normal. And yes, even ones you see on TV. Most of those people don't know when their next paycheck is coming in and they're not wealthy just because they're on TV. If they're a starring role on a sitcom for years, yes, they have money. It is so annoying. It makes me crazy. I, 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 it, it, is, it is the most non, it's, it's like the most dehumanizing thing, I mean, it's not the most, but it's, to me, it feels very dehumanizing when people just won't see me as a person. I'm like, I'm standing right in front of you. My sister said I should have went, oh, you belong to a golf club. Oh, so you just don't work during the day and you can just walk around. What's that like? You know, but it's not a fancy golf club. It doesn't cost a lot. So you can't really pull that card. It's, it's a nine hole, like working class golf club. It's not fucking Mar-a-Lago, you know? Well, not that that place isn't a gross dump, but I just hate being talked to that way, man. It's really annoying. And it's, and, and you, and you go, oh, uh, and I'm not a celebrity, but you, you, when people are like, that celebrity was rude to me, do you know how fucking rude people are to them? 
They just say whatever they want because they think they're looking at a TV. And people, they just mean to be nice. I don't fucking care anymore. They mean to be nice. So learn how to actually be nice. If they care enough to try to be nice by, I don't even know why it's nice to say, oh, you flew first class because you're a Hollywood actress. You literally, I've met you within the first 60 seconds, you're analyzing my finances. What is happening? I mean, and it would also be fine if I was very wealthy and spent $3,000 on a flight. It's just something I'm not doing, you know? Oh, it, it just, I, I can't explain why it makes me so mad. It's just not necessary. It's like, you actually could learn something interesting about what I do if you would fucking listen. If you could just listen. But see, they're not interested. Because it's not interesting to them unless it is a Hollywood whatever, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so then I go stay at my sister's house. Now, I forgot the most important part of the story. There's a ghost story here, people. A ghost story. I can't believe how boring this episode is. This is the episode where I... Flew back to see my family after a year. Gone on a plane for the first time. I'm like, oh, everything was pretty cool. I'm on a new medication. I mean, what? I don't know what's happening. So I go stay at my sister's house. Now, three bedrooms at my sister's house. My sisters live in the same house. So one sister, one room, one in the other. My parents come to stay when I go visit. So they were going to stay in the other room. So there's nowhere for me. I'm like, Jesus, no room in the inn for me. So usually I stay at a hotel because I'm always like, oh, I need my alone time and I like to be, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Well, this time I was like, you know what? And just let's save some money. Hollywood actress. And I uh, shipped my sister an air mattress. And she's like, I'll set it up in my little office den downstairs. And there's a bathroom right there connected to it. Perfect. I'm like, great. Then my sisters are up to some kind of antics where they find a bed frame in the attic and they somehow get it downstairs, but the bed frame doesn't really have enough slats in it to really hold even an air mattress. And they do all kinds of things. They screw some boards onto the bottom and it's all kinds of securing this thing. So I never thought they were going to put the air mattress in an actual bed frame, but they did. And it was cozy and cute. And there was sheets and blankets and pillows. It was a bed, like a real... Now, my sister's house is not haunted, but it's not not haunted. I'll, I'll give you an example. Now, I, as I've gotten, I, I don't know what it is. Over the years, I've just kind of stopped believing in ghosts. I believe in ghosts in a different way than my sisters believe in ghosts. Like, if I have a dream about someone, I really believe I was connecting with them in the dream. If I, I, I believe in um, energy and all this stuff, I just don't. When people say they saw a ghost, I'm just like, you you didn't actually though, but you didn't. Like I just, I'm just like, no. Like if there were ghosts, someone, I, I don't even want to talk, but see, but I'm sitting here in my home recording this at night, which I never do. And I'm about to say something that I'm too paranoid to say because I feel it will invite one to challenge me on this. So see, there is something there. Um, uh, what I was going to say is if there was one the world would have known about it by now and everyone would be like looking at the same photograph. You know what I mean? It's just too stupid that if I wanted to, oh my God, I'm freaking out right now. I'm sitting in my office and I'm afraid if I, if I like peer out into the doorway that there's going to be one standing there. I'm 
freaking the fuck out right now. See, okay, so there's something, I've got some kind of something, right? And I get these feelings and I'm like, Ugh. like we all feel supernaturally sometimes, right? So my sister's house gives me that vibe, but her house is not old. Like when she bought it, it was a smaller house that was older. I don't know how old. And then built, she like built up and around it. So it's relatively, you know, like in the last 30 years. So, but she lives kind of in the woods. I mean, it's not a suburb where it's like houses stacked on top of each other, but it's not the country. It is a country-ish suburb where her nearest neighbor is only like a few hundred yards away. I mean, you can see a house. It's not, she's not alone, but it's like a long driveway um, down a street that's off a main road. You would never just be walking around. Like there's nowhere to walk to. It's not heavily populated. It's, you know, a, even someone who's like, I've got nowhere to live and I wander the streets. Like they wouldn't go, no one goes down this road. So, but she does live at the end of her driveway is like a colonial graveyard. You know, the classic ones in Massachusetts where it's like, John Smith was a farmer, a sailor, and a grandfather of 14. He died at 26, you know. Uh, those tiny little graves where you're like, did anyone love you? And you just realize, oh, that was like a good grave back then, but it looks like a chipped tooth now. You know, it's like tiny and just like all jacked. So that graveyard is scary. And my niece, my other sister's daughter, stayed at my sister's house at one point for, for a while. And she claims that when she looked out her bedroom window, she would see things. Like, like my sister has outdoor ghosts, basically, which is kind of funny. My niece claims she would see things like colonial figures in the shadows. I don't know. I'm like, I don't think you did. But I believe that something, something, energy, something, but you didn't see anything. But where she would have seen them would have been outside the window of the room I'm staying in. So I do definitely like, I thought, why haven't I done this before? Like at my sister's house, why have I been staying in hotels and having to drive 15 minutes, you know, to a hotel late at night on Christmas Eve? Like, why haven't I stayed in, why haven't I had her do up this room for me before? And it was, I think one of the reasons was because I do get kind of a haunted vibe at her house. And I thought I might be scared staying on the ground floor because I'm not used to being in a home that anyone could basically just like walk into. Like there's no dog. There's no like alarm system. <laughs> My sister's probably listening. Can you not say that out loud on a podcast? Um, but I'm just I'm just like that. I'm I'm so used to living in cities and I'm on like the top floor where I live and there's doormen and there's the, I'm just like I'm used to being in like a bunker. So I'm one of those people that like actually the silence of the country scares me. And, you know, I just, the feeling of a hotel makes me feel better. It's just, I'm a city girl. But this time I was like, no, I'm totally down with this. This is all family. We're all here together. It's nice. And I wasn't afraid to be in that room for any reason. I, I didn't feel any fear. I didn't actually feel any weird energy. But, um, 
you know, and there and there's curtains. I'd shut the curtains. But actually, I'm someone who likes to sleep with the curtains open because I like the sun coming in on my face in the morning, and I like to get up usually at sunrise. I set an alarm. I'm not one of those people that just wakes up when the sun comes up. I couldn't actually drag my ass out of bed at sunrise at my sister's, and I have to cut myself a break for that. It's I get up at six and six thirty when I'm in California, but. It's technically 3, 3.30 a.m. my time if I'm back east. And I, I'm i not there long enough to adjust to the jet lag. So like I'd set my alarm for six and my body would be like, I can't get up. Anyway, so this, you know, first night there, I shut the, the curtains. Then my parents come the next night. We're all in the house. We're all like, good night. Everyone says good night. And I, I'm laying in bed and I noticed that I didn't shut the curtains. And I think, oh, that's weird. I mean, that's a little weird. Someone could look in at me. But honestly, who is coming down this fucking street and this dark road? And, um, you know, if someone's out there, it's scary whether they're looking in or not. Like, not good. And I just sort of like, like the thought crossed my mind. And I was like, I'm not getting up to shut the curtains. It doesn't bother me. And again, the sun's going to come in. So I fall asleep. And then I kind of wake up. I think I have to pee. I don't mean I think I have to pee. I have to pee. And all of a sudden, I hear this. Just three loud knocks. Now, my little bedroom den that I'm staying in is about 10 feet from the front door. And it didn't sound like someone was knocking on the door. It sounded like they were knocking on glass. It sounded like they were knocking on the window. (laughs) And I was too afraid to look. But it was loud and it was knuckles on glass, three knocks. It wasn't a woodpecker. It wasn't one of the cats. It wasn't the heater. And I went, uh, I'm sure there's an explanation. I, I'm, I'm, you know what? It's probably the heater or something. I'm just going to forget I heard that. And I didn't like how it felt. Fuck, my camera just went off. God damn it. Sorry, everybody. Hang on one sec. Ugh. I got to finish recording this. I don't know why my camera is being such a bitch. See, this is... I'm telling you all to join my Patreon, but now they're about to get fucked because they're not going to have the rest of this video. So I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to take matters into my own hands right now. I'm going to have to turn this camera back on and hit record. Okay, it's recording. Okay, sorry. So I'll just have to splice the video. Guys, you don't need to know about my editing. So anyway, the camera went off, you guys. It said it was too hot. Oh my God, maybe it's the ghost. Oh my God, that's so weird. Okay, I don't want to think about it. Let's just get this episode over with. So the next morning, everyone in my family was like, what was that knocking? Was that you, Jennifer? I'm like, no, we all heard it. We were all awake. My family has weird insomnia. I'm, I actually don't. I like, that's why I was also like, why was I awake? It was very odd. Now here's what's interesting. Um... 12 years ago, that same week, my grandmother died. And if you see it in my Netflix special, I talk about this. 
she claimed that when her husband, Freddie, died, that he used to knock above her bed. And she used to think it was him saying he's in purgatory and she needs to pray for him to get out. And the night that I heard the knocking, we had been talking about Nana because, you know, like Facebook memories came up and there was like pictures of her funeral and like my sisters and I were talking like right before bed. So I was like, is that Nana fucking with us? Because when we went to pack up her house when she died, um, one of the weird things about her death was my uncle found my Nana dead in her house her doorbell was always broken and she never wanted someone to fix it because I don't want someone to come over and fix it. So my uncle had a key. Um, I mean, he would just come in anyway. He wasn't going to like make my Nana get up every time he rang the bell, but it would have been futile to ring the bell because it didn't work. So when we're there packing up her stuff, all of a sudden the doorbell starts ringing wildly. There's no one there at the door. Like I was in the living room, which faces the front door, you can look out the window and see if someone's standing there ringing the bell. There was no one ringing the bell. The doorbell was going crazy. We were all like, what the fuck? So, and it happened when we were like talking about her and like kind of making fun of some of the stuff that we were finding at her house. And then it was just like, ring, ring. So I do think she has that kind of sense of humor. My sister is like, I think it's, we don't know. My sister thinks it was one of the colonial ghosts. But it's, like, it was just sort of unanimous in my family. Like, it's not not a ghost. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? I got to It is. It was. I'm just like, it was. It was something. I don't fucking know. If you want to say it was all of our collective mental energy, that's fine. I call that a ghost, too. It just wasn't a heater. It wasn't a cat. So the next night, we hear a similar sound. And we all wake up. And we're like, what the fuck is going on? It was fucking freaky. And I was like, this is it. Like, this is the moment we're going to see one. And it's going to be terrifying and I'm going to be traumatized, but like, I'm going to get it on camera and like, this is it. Or it's a person and I'm freaking out. But it turned out the sound we heard the next night, which was different than the knocking, but it was just another loud sound. It was uh, my sister's cat Mitten's water bowl was empty and she had kicked it and it was going on the floor. (laughs) But it was like on a slate bathroom floor and it was like reverberating throughout the house for some reason. But it's just weird. Like your whole family, like my, like everyone in my family is 46 and older. Like it's a bunch of grown adults who are literally just like, I'm scared. Like there was something was going on. But again, my parents and my, like we're all supernatural people. Like again, if you join the Patreon, you can see my family videos, my Mom talking about the time she saw a UFO. My dad talking about the time he thinks he was abducted. I mean, we're into this stuff. But I'm like, nowadays, I'm the one the least into that stuff. And I was like, shit, that was something. So I don't know what that was. I don't like it. Um, So every night I would say, you know, hey, I only want good energy here. And like, you don't need to be here. Thank you. Thanks for weighing in. Whatever's out there. Even if it's my Nana. Like, Nana, I love you. But I don't want you knocking like that. It's fucking weirding me out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what kind of game she's playing over on the other side. What is she, uh, crank anchors? Jackass? I don't want some pranking Nana knocking on things, scaring me. Just stay over on your side and watch over everybody. Don't fuck with us. So that was my trip. I saw a 
my my old girlfriends from high school. I mean, she's still my friend. I don't know why I'm saying it. Like, like we Zoom and have like hangs like, you know, every few weeks and have been during the pandemic and it's been really fun. And I usually see her and my other friend. My other friend was away. And we went to the high school and we like walked around the track. And it's just so funny. Like we both have tattoos now. My friend got one. She and her husband got the same tattoo. And actually her husband is her high school sweetheart. Anyway, so we went to the gazebo outside the high school, which is where we used to hang out when we were like, you know, teenagers and we were called freaks because we were, um, we were all black and we were weird kids. And so, uh, that's what people called us. But I was like, we didn't have tattoos when we were 17 and hanging out at this gazebo after school. And we both hadn't been there together in 30 years. That's three zero crazy. And we, I swear to God, we look the same. And so I took a selfie of us showing our tattoos. And I was like, what would the 17 year old version of us think? Would that 17 year old version of us be like, oh my God, 46 and 47 year old me is like, Kind of cool, but I don't know if I would think I was cool. I mean, I hope I would. Fuck you, 17-year-old Jen. If you don't think I'm so much cooler than you were, you're out of your fucking mind. Like, you've got shoe box, shoe polish, out-of-the-box, dyed black hair. You're wearing coats that are way too big for you. I mean, you could wear, you know, a long kind of like Robert Smith coat and have it be flattering. Like, you didn't have a tattoo then. You thought smoking made you cool. I mean, it is kind of cool. But now I have asthma. Thanks a lot, 17-year-old Jen. So don't you dare, 17-year-old Jen, think you're cool than 46-year-old Jen because I'm fucking cool. I've, have you, oh, excuse me, 17-year-old Jen, have you been to Paris? No, I didn't think you had. No, that's it. That's a, I'm just saying, look, you know what? Just saying. All right. So that was my time, you know. Um, I I really am just still processing the fact that like I suddenly feel like I have no memory of how long last year was. And now that I'm back, I'm I'm trying to see friends who are vaccinated. I feel like it's weird. I feel like I got closer with some people during the pandemic because they had like the same kind of hangout rules I did. But then now I feel like I've lost those people. Like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I'm just like, I'm noticing my vaccinated friends are like having anxiety. Like, I don't want to see a lot of people. Like, everyone's slowly getting back into it. And me miss like everyone stay away from me during the pandemic. I just feel like I don't feel like rare, roaring, raring, revving to get back out there, but I feel totally normal. Like I don't feel the way I did two months ago. I was like, don't make me get back out there. Like there's no, like no one's making you do anything. Um, Like you're allowed to just be like, I don't want to do something tonight. Like this, I just felt this weird anxiety that existed in my head, you know? Um, but anyway, I have so many listener emails to get to that it's just not even funny. Um, I think next week's episode, which I'm going to be filming in a couple days, is going to be all listener emails. And again, like it won't be boring, I promise. It'll it'll prompt me to have conversations about things. So there you go. Um, and uh, whew. Oh, shit, I forgot to do my Patreon shout outs. I'll do that next week. I'm sorry. I'm just getting back. In. Maybe I'm a little discombobulated from traveling and from hearing a ghost. I don't know. I don't know. Something's up, though. Hey, real quick reminder, my friends, real quick reminder. Um, big sale 
right now, April 28th and 29th in my tea public store. It's the last two days of the month that you can get things on sale and proceeds go towards food banks in Seattle and Memphis. And so you can get fun stuff for Mother's Day, lots of fun, like, you know, women-based merchandise, like things that say feminist and fun. Girls will be girls. Women are literally humans. If your mom is Gen X, there's Gen X stuff in there, over 40. If your mom's over 40, lots of cute stuff. Mugs, tank tops, pillows, tote bags, pins, stickers, magnets, cute little mom stuff. So go to my merchandise store. The link will be in the show notes, as well as you can go to jenkirkman.com, click shop, and that'll take you to my store. But um, I think that's it. I know I... I'm I'm discombobulated because I, I need to get the fuck out of my little office because I just scared myself. And so I just, I mean, it's been an hour, 10 minute episode. I think we're all good. Um, until next week, have fun. Have fun. 